It's Friday, February the 19th, 2021, and you're listening to the Cassidy Voices podcast channel on Anchor. My name is Dr. Wes Fryer, and I'm happy to welcome you to another episode of Cassidy Voices, a podcast production by students and teachers at Cassidy School in Oklahoma City. This episode features three new interviews by sixth graders, Megan, Susanna, and Keiko, interviewing grandparents, parents, and Cassidy alumni about their experiences building an energy company, celebrating Christmas as a kid, and what life was like as a student in years past at Cassidy School. You can learn more about this family oral history project, access additional interviews, and access both this lesson and others in our sixth grade media literacy class by visiting mdtech.cassidy.org. Look for the audio interviews link or under lessons, look for family oral history interviews. You can also directly visit our Cassidy Voices podcast channel on Anchor by visiting anchor.fm slash Cassidy spelled C-A-S-A-D-Y. Without further ado, here's our show. Hello, my name is Megan and today is January 8th, 2021. Today I'm interviewing Granddad about creating Devon. This is a part of our oral history project we are working on at Cassidy School in Oklahoma City for our sixth grade digital and media literature class. Welcome to my podcast interview, Granddad. I'm so glad you could join me. Can we start by having you introduce yourself to our audience? Yes. My name's Larry Nichols. I'm Megan's grandfather. Uh, I've been in Oklahoma City a long time, and my father and I created Devon Energy Corporation in 1971. Thank you. I'm, I'm also a Cassidy graduate. Thank you. Do you have any favorite stories from creating Devon? My father and I had great fun in the early 70s creating Devon. Um, we enjoyed each other a lot, had a lot of respect for each other. Uh, but in thinking about funny stories, I remember once my father had been in London for a week. And while he was gone, we found an employee was stealing stuff. And so we had to fire the employee and we changed the lock on the front door to our office. Our office was in a big building downtown, a big high rise, and we changed the lock. My father comes back uh, late on Friday night, and on Saturday, he goes down to the office to go through the mail, and he pulls out his key, and it won't work. He goes down to the guard of the building and says, I'm Mr. Nichols, and I can't get in my office upstairs on the 33rd floor. And the officer, the security officer says, well, you're not Mr. Nichols. I see him come in here every Saturday, which I did. Um, And he's a young fellow, uh, barely in his 30s, and you're a bunch older, but I know you're not Mr. Nichols. And so he would not let my father in because he never saw him on Saturday, but he saw me all the time on Saturday. And dad absolutely loved that story. He, of course, called me um, laughing and uh, I told him about why I changed the lock. But he had great fun telling his friends that all I knew was going to happen sooner or later, Larry locked the door and kicked me out. And of course, then he'd tell them the whole story. That's funny. Who is one person who gave you advice that you still use today? Well, my father gave me lots of advice, um, lots of basic principles on life. Uh, Most important ones are just treat people right. Uh, do the right thing, um, which is, is really easy to do if you just say, think about the right thing, uh, treat other people the way you would like to be treated, and it reaps great rewards. You don't do it for that reason. Uh, but I can't tell you the number of times uh, some rancher or landowner 
would call and say, there's another company that wants to, me to lease their, my land to them to drill an oil and gas well. But my neighbors say, call Devin and see if they want to lease it because they're the best company to work for. They will treat you right. So it's the right thing to do for all kinds of reasons. Thank you. Did you enjoy working with your dad? We had great fun. It was We were starting a brand new business. There were no other employees at all there. Um, we had different skills. Uh, he was a great salesman. Uh, he understood business very well. He had an accounting background. Uh, my background was in uh, geology and law, which I didn't understand very well. So we complimented each other and we respected each other in our respective abilities. So it was a, a great relationship. A lot of father-son or father-daughter, mother-daughter-sons, whatever, uh, don't work. Um, but in our case, I didn't need a job uh, with Dad. I already had offers to work for law firms in Washington, D.C. So we approached it with mutual respect and admiration, and it worked perfectly. Okay. Last question. If you could go back in time to any time, what is one thing you would do different? I really can't think of anything I'd do differently uh, than, I, than we did now, than we, than we did then. Um, it, uh, it worked fine. We had great fun. Uh, created a, a good company, mm-hmm. uh, brought in a lot of people. So there are always small little things that you wish you'd done, but nothing really important. Thank you for spending your time with me. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Hello, my name is Susanna Brown, and today is January 1st, 2021. Today I'm interviewing my mom, Charlotte Brown, about how her Christmas as a kid is different than kids today Christmas. This is part of an oral history project we are working on at Cassidy School in Oklahoma City for our sixth grade digital and media literacy class. Welcome to my podcast interview, Charlotte. I'm so glad you can join me. Can we start by having you introduce yourself to our audience a little bit? Yes, my name is Charlotte Brown, and I have two kids, Susanna in sixth grade, 12, and Russell in third grade, who's nine. I'm married to Michael, and I was born in Montana, but I was raised in Oklahoma City. Okay, thank you. What is one of your most distinct memories of Christmas as a child? I can remember going over to my grandmother's house, who also lived in Oklahoma City, for Christmas Eve and being with cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents and my immediate family, of course, and having dinner and opening up gifts. And that was always fun to be with everybody. Okay. Did you have any traditions with your family? Um, I can remember we always had to wait till my mom was ready to open gifts. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> like today. See. Santa brought and I can remember my parents always dressed up they always had Christmas sweaters and stuff so I thought that was pretty fun um and that's really it I mean we just kind of opened gifts and did all that fun stuff do you think traditions um from with like with your family when you were a kid are different from traditions that families would have today? I think on a macro level, no, because Christmas invites the idea of connecting with family that you either see regularly or a lot of times not very often during the year. So I think that's kind of 
something that has stayed the tail of time kind of in the way that people slow down and they take a few days off around Christmas to spend time together. So that is very much still happening today, I believe. Yeah. Um, I guess on a micro level, every immediate family kind of has their own tradition. So they, that does might change a little bit from yeah. generation to generation. Yeah. Do you think, I love this question. Do you think that presents from when you were a kid are different from presents that I would get now? Um, I, I, that's going to depend on the gifter. So how parents are. As far as in my family, I don't feel like they're that different. I mean, I always wished for toys to play with some sort of kind of entertainment whether it be like a movie or um you know dress up stuff I was very much into animals and dolls um you know books music all that kind of stuff it's just delivered differently because the technology's changed so much (laughs) so I remember one of my favorite gifts was a a tin set is tin tapes of 50s music. Well, we don't even have tape players anymore. So. But that's not very different from when my kids ask for, you know, a subscription to Amazon Music or um, a, a new C album or a CD that's come out or something. It's just it's just a different platform. Yeah. More technologi- technologically advanced. Yeah. Okay, last question. Mm -hmm. Do you have one thing you remember really wanting from a past Christmas? Yeah, I can remember things, like, really, really wishing for things. Some were, some Santa was on board with, and some not so much. (laughs) That's how it is for every family. Um... I guess the one thing I remember really wishing for and getting, and my sister and I were so excited, is we got a Barbie dream house. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. And um, that was when I was pretty little. And then after that, I just always wished for horses. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know, I I live in a house in the city, so that didn't always happen. (laughs) But, no, it was fun. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me interview you. It was really fun, and I'm glad we got to talk about this. Okay, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Bye. Hello, my name is Keiko, and today is December 20th, 2020. Today I'm interviewing Robin about her time at Cassie's school when she was younger. This is part of an oral history project we are working on at Cassie's school in Oklahoma City for our 6th grade digital and media literacy class. Welcome to my podcast interview, Robin. I'm so glad you can join me. Can we start by having you introduce yourself to our audience a little bit? Hi, I'm Robin Orbach Starkey, and I was a lifer at Cassidy. Um, actually, uh, because when my sister was graduating from Cassidy in 1964, my mom was pregnant with me 18 years later. Dr. Woolsey told my mom that um, I would be the only student 
admitted to Cassidy in uterine because he said whatever I was, I was welcome at Cassidy. So That's really cool. So, on to questions. Yes. What is your favorite memory from your time at Cassidy? Oh, my favorite memory. Um, gosh, I have a lot of favorite memories. Um, Hmm. Can I come back to that one? Or do I need to do it? You kind of need to do it. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Uh, think, think, think. I can edit out this part. Okay. Sorry. It's fine. Um. teachers. Mm. Um, Did you have a lot of nice teachers? I had a lot of really nice teachers and then also and teachers who you know pushed me to yeah work. did you have was there any particular teacher that you really well uh, one of the ones that I hear there's not a day that goes by that I when I'm not writing something mm-hmm and I know other Cassidy graduates have said the same, will agree, mm-hmm. that I don't, there's nothing, no time that I'm ever writing uh, something that I don't hear Mrs. Tuck in my head telling me, you know, what to think about grammar-wise. I'm constantly oh, yeah. thinking about, um, you know, best practices in writing because of Mrs. Tuck. Yeah. I think a lot of people have somebody like that in their life that whenever they're doing something, they hear somebody telling mm-hmm. them to to do this right. So, question two. What's a big difference from the way Cassidy was when you went there compared to now? I think it's a warmer place, a more welcoming um, place. It's not to say that it wasn't back then, but it, you know... School yeah. isn't easy no matter where yeah. you are or when, but or who you are. Um, I do think that it's uh, as given by the fact that a lot of people that I know who transferred to mm-hmm. Cassidy um, have done so because they felt more welcome, yeah. maybe. And that's huge. That yeah, was not a, the case. When it's part of why Cassidy's a great school, because it's so warm and welcoming. It, it was one of the hardest. It always hardest, has been even more now. So. Right. It was one of the hardest places. Yeah. To, um, for me, as being a lifer, it was hard socially. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine. And I watched how it was for people that came in. I couldn't imagine going anywhere else because it, it was so hard at the time. Yeah. But, no, I think it's a, a much more... Um, and, you know, the other thing that I think, it's very strong on community service where that was not the case um, yeah. when I was there. Yeah. In well. fact, uh, a very uh, wonderful teacher um, had to leave because he encourage students to help the homeless and they didn't they didn't care for that at the time so well things have changed a lot now and there's enough room to branch out and what was your favorite grade and why at cassie kindergarten 
Really? <laughs> oh, I feel like there's a story coming. No, it was just the. Uh, it was just everything about it, and I have a very vivid, uh, very visual uh, memory. Mm -hmm. So I can still see me in kindergarten. I I'll, I remember very specifically the day that everything clicked that I learned to read, and I remember who wow, was yeah. with me. I feel like um, when I learned to read, it took like a week for it to finally click. Like it wasn't just a day where it clicked. I think also, I think everybody secretly inside loved kindergarten the most, but nobody says that. So. Well, and we had a wonderful teacher, Mr. Brainerd, um, who played the guitar. And <laughs> we would all gather in the center um, every day and sing. And it was just the most wonderful welcoming place wow yeah um, so I remember it vividly cool do you have any advice for Cassidy students today hmm. advice I would say uh, really cherish all of the I mean when you're young I don't think you halfway uh, cherish all the wonderful um, benefits that mm -hmm. you have by going to Cassidy and um, really cherish those opportunities that you have because not everybody, very few have that, um, that opportunity and um, uh, ability to have such rich experiences yeah. no matter what it is no if matter you what get, subject definitely it really lucky if you go to custody yeah that's what i think a lot yeah how really. fortunate we are so yeah i think a lot of people don't you know mm -hmm. that's a life lesson too yeah um no matter where you are in life to really um sorry it's okay um to really cherish the yeah. experience good good or bad and they all have lessons mm -hmm. so so you're a painter and a sculptor, a really good one. And when did you first know that you wanted to pursue an art career? Did someone or something inspire you? Well, I always uh, loved art and drawing, and my parents always were really encouraging from the time I was like four years old mm -hmm. um, to growing up. Um, I, when I was about eight, there was a, um, the, on Channel 13, there was a show about, uh, where a guy was drawing and mm -hmm. you could follow along. And they saw that I was following what he was doing. And so I started taking lessons outside of school and it just was always a big part. I knew it would mm -hmm. always be a big part of my life. Um, Did um, anybody at, like your school influence you or was it mainly just your parents? Um... Yeah, school did too, and I had a wonderful, my senior year, uh, Phyllis Cedar came and was mm. uh, my art teacher, and we we still are very close. And, That's nice. Uh, she was very instrumental in yeah. helping me, um, you know, go on from mm -hmm. Cassidy on to, you know, knowing what would be expected of me if I yeah. went to art school. I think it's really neat for somebody to have, like, somebody that inspired them and still be in touch with them. That's really special. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm really grateful for her. Yeah. Well, thank you for agreeing to be in my history recording, and I really enjoyed this time with you. Sure. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cassidy Voices Podcast. Our music on this episode is Walking on Crystal by Music L Files, shared under a Creative Commons license on filmmusic.io. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel, which you can find by visiting anchor.fm slash Cassidy. We encourage you to create and share your own oral history interviews with your family, friends, and neighbors. More resources about creating oral history interviews are available on the StoryCorps website at storycorps.org dot o r g